Michael, guess who is back after who knows how many months of being gone? This is Sahar. Corey's here with me. We're back to record. That's Haram. We've been on hiatus because, well, as 2022 you know, is a year. Okay. Yes. 2022 <laughs> is a whole year, y'all. It has been a whole decade and century all at once. Um, I am fully, firmly in dissertation research, which is super exciting for those of you who've been following us long enough to know that I am in graduate school. Why did I make these choices? And Corey continues to be an awesome, you know, professional adult who has like a real life. So we decided it would make more sense to just take the first half of the year off and wait until Miss Marvel was done airing for us to jump back in for a couple episodes for this year. And then we'll do the same thing next year because I will be starting to write my dissertation <laughs> cries um next spring as well so we're just gonna do episodes at the end of each year and then once my life is somewhat back to a regular work schedule where I'm not writing or researching or doing any of that we will hopefully in a couple years bring back that's from on a more regular basis but of course Miss Marvel has aired and you all know that I had a lot of opinions even before the show came around and Corey who has actually read all the comics and is an expert also has lots of opinions so we just wanted to just jump right in and talk about what we thought about this episodes the adaptation choices that were made my usual grumbling around Muslim content well both of us but my usual grumbling around like hijab choices the whole shebang so we are here I don't know if Corey wants to get us started but if not I always have lots of things to say Okay, so some background, just because this is necessary for what we're going to talk about in the show. In the comics, Kamala is an inhuman, which means she was exposed to a Terrigan mist. And because she had some mutated Cree DNA, it unlocked a power inside of her. And in the comics, inhumans are different from mutants. Mutants are like the X-Men. Inhumans are... The Inhumans with like Black Bolt, Medusa, they are like the C tier squad. But for whatever reason, Marvel at the time, Fox Studios had control of the X-Men franchise, wasn't letting Marvel do any of it. So they were like, well, fine, we're going to push the Inhumans and magically make people care about them. And we'll even do a TV show. And none of that worked because the Inhumans are C tier for a reason. Anyways, <clears throat> <laughs> and you know really poorly done on abc question i don't even remember yes. where it aired so because there were a lot of business shenanigans kamala was made an inhuman and then more business shenanigans happened and the inhumans bombed when they tried to adapt them so marvel was stuck with it which leads us into what kamala, is the kamala? series shenanigans <laughs> is she a mutant is she an inhuman is she a spoilers alert if you haven't watched the show and you're listening to this episode and want to be spoiler free please finish the show and come back but if you are at this point we are going to spoil the heck out of everything so is she a gin question mark which we will definitely talk more about because this is that's, the, that's what them. leads up to all of this of me being like okay she's technically an inhuman here's all the business shenanigan reasons why and then the show made a choice so many choices were made. They were not great choices, which I will also say, speaking of business shenanigans, I do want to put the disclaimer out that we are both fully aware and we are not happy people who don't realize that a pandemic happened and that a lot of choices had to be made in response to filming and the amount of time that they had to film. Putting that out there, I understand COVID does a lot of things. And for that matter, 
something I wanted to just mention is this is a great example of a show that really should have been like eight episodes slash if they had thought about the plot a little bit differently, six episodes would have been enough. So putting all of that aside, even with those constraints, there were some decisions that were made that I think really detracted from what could have been a very fun show. And also adding the disclaimer that everyone who has followed us long enough knows that I don't even like Marvel content. However, I really wanted to enjoy Miss Marvel. And I did have a lot of fun watching it while I was also grumbling the entire time like the auntie that I am with my tea because now I am a tea drinker slowly but surely because the refugees I've been with have been making me drink tea so just a personal update Um, with all that said you know for a show that is obviously about teenagers the other part of this this is a very long disclaimer of getting into what we're critiquing I can't watch tv or read books about teens anymore because I have four teenage cousins and I just I can't the entire time I'm like oh make some better decisions beta you're stressing me out so you know that that disclaimer aside now we can really go into talking about all of it because really so many things happened at the same time. Okay, so I want to get this out of the way. Aesthetic-wise, I loved what the show did. I thought a lot of it was innovative. I thought a lot of it was very contemporary, very modern, and it was a very creative way to show contrasting with certain Haram series that rhyme with Zooforia. Show, <laughs> you know a teenage vibe, so to speak. So for me, I think out of the gate, let's start with something positive. The aesthetic was amazing. Yeah, I love the fractals in the last episode where both of them are using their powers. I thought that was super cool. And within the context of all the CGI nonsense that we know, you know, Marvel is awful about the VFX workers. So considering all of that background, it it was pretty great like for overall what we got pretty cool the riffs the train all of those scenes wonderful however uh well okay we started on a positive why don't we just get one of the big elephants out of the way that decision on wait is kamala a gin let's just get this let's just rip the band-aid off yes I don't know what the point of this was, because I will tell you, had they had more time, they could have actually written a narrative about Jin that would have been really interesting. And, you know, I will also be upfront. I don't think that it's necessarily about the fact that in Islam, Jin or I mean, it is partly that Jin are real in Islam to those of us who believe, but more so that because they went this really weird direction with the clandestines and tried to do kind of a bait and switch of like, surprise, this is who you are. And then a very last minute, um, you know, I checked your DNA, actually it's mutated. The full reveal falls flat for me because then you get this whole thing about, by the way, why do people who are from a different like universe, planet, wherever have a British accent? Just side note, what is that about? Anyways, and so you have this whole story and it's like, here's all these diverse people who have been, you know, pushed out of their land. And so it's supposed to be this like, social commentary and then like they all die and also like really brutally which problematic and then you make Kamala believe that everything about her that she's known her entire life and her great-grandmother is a whole lie and so it just seemed very we don't know what options we have because we can't make them inhumans thanks Kevin uh so we're gonna be stuck with this and if that's the case then think through it a little bit more so it doesn't fall flat and offend half the viewers who are Muslim and unaware of what's going on and make the other half of the viewers who don't know what's happening even more confused 
And see, for this, to me, ties into a larger main gripe I had with the show. I, mm-hmm. like, we had six episodes. Why did we even have the clandestine in here? Was there not a more succinct way? Focus on making, you know, the bad government agency that literally shoots at kids. Mm-hmm. The villain. The damage control people, whoever. Yeah, like, why not have them be the main villain? We can go through and still, you know, the storyline of her ancestor, um, Ayesha. Mm-hmm, Ayesha. Yeah. Her being an early manifestation of, spoilers, a mutant. Hers being time displacement that she brought back Kamala to save the day, quote unquote. Like, we could have worked that in without the clandestine at all. And I think it just, they were trying to have another kind of villain. I don't know why it didn't work for me. You could have just as easily have taken them out and made damage control the main villain, shown them especially... Oh, well, they're Muslim anyway. Nobody's going to care if we heavy hand them. I mean, there was so there was so much more you could have done with damage control and cut out the clandestine and had better piecing within the six episodes we got. What's really weird is that there was zero point to the clandestines when you think about this because yeah, of what you just I mean, said. You could have cut them out completely. Completely. We because unless really they're lost supposed anything. to... Sorry, not to cut you off, but they're, unless they're supposedly a part of the movie universe, right, with the Marvel's movie that's coming or um, just in the future, like, unless this is, a, this is a longer plot line in the context of, like, how the other TV shows have had, you know, they've laid the ground for future movie. Like, what was the point? Because, like, sorry, I should literally could have just, like, we could have just started in Pakistan, for that matter. Yeah. And you know, just followed her, which by the way, speaking of larger issues behind the scenes, the casting on the show was a freaking disaster. I love Iman. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. She's lighter than Kamala is in the comics. Both grandparents, even though I love those actors, are lighter, much lighter than her grandparents are in the comics, like super, super light in comparison to the, the skin tone in the comics. And so when we already have a huge issue around anti-blackness and colorism worldwide, and then especially in the South Asian community, to lean into that for the casting is so messed up. Never mind the casting of Nakia. Even though her actress, for as much of the casting bothered me, actually was one of the brightest spots for me in the show. And I actually cared more about the whole I'm going to run for the Moss board position than I cared about really anything else. Besides the partition episode. The partition episode did bring me to, bring me to tears. And by itself, the partition episode I thought was really strong. And then you put it in the context of the entire show. And I'm like, what story are they telling? Which is really sad because I want to see every partition episode and content on tv because i think it's an important story to tell again to me it's like you were trying to ham-fistedly ham (laughs) (laughs) haram um whatever it's haram how they went about it that you're trying to ham-fistedly shove the clandestine in there you could have just as easily like the parts that work are the parts of kamala in her neighborhood in Jersey right. City, when we see Nakia running for the Muslim board, when we see her in school and we see her relating to her family, I love her family, which yes. is another positive I will get to in a minute of yes. like everything that worked was showing Kamala and her family and her friends in Jersey City. And then we, I don't know, maybe this is something that the clandestines show up again in Miss Mar in the Marvels, but did we really have to sacrifice the origin story for Kamala to try to cram them in because we didn't cram them in very good 
Right. Well, we're not going to get a Marvel. We're not getting a Miss Marvel season two. And so I think part of the issue that I have with, again, being fully aware that I don't even like this universe, the way that it's been adapted on TV, unfortunately, even with that said, there's so many ways to do this in a way where it works for new viewers, viewers who don't really want to watch, but are interested. Like I'm super excited for, sorry, excuse me. I just burped. I've been drinking tea. Um, I, well, can't wait for Echo. I'm super cautiously excited because everything about Echo sounds amazing. We haven't had the same number of, holy crap, all these casting issues are the people behind, you know, the screen or this problem or that issue or they've done this thing. And so I'm really excited because I think there's definitely a space for Disney to have these characters and stories be told because Disney owns the whole world, unfortunately. So we got to take what we can get. But at the same time, the whole draw to these comics is how close to home they are and how even though they obviously impact the internal canonical world worldwide for the superheroes it's still about Kamala and her friends and her family and this city you know that's representative of so many other cities in the U.S. without it being this epic large story that doesn't really fit and so they could have kept the whole issue with Najma and Aisha by just making them like okay here's a story why not just make them really distant cousins and somehow both of them are still alive and then you know we have um Kareem no Gamran sorry wrong case and and have that whole story still you could have done this three different ways and still had this epic I want to go home come home with me give me my bangle plot line without it being this weird again we're gonna lose three episodes essentially to this plot and then at the very end it still comes down to she saves everybody and all of the people work together to keep her safe from damage control which okay before I got to the episodes right because I was still seeing people live tweeting and responding someone was like oh look like this is a great example of like um cops and how they can work together because the one lady was trying not to be awful and then the one dude and I was like you guys eating up this cop ganda the whole team is terrible they literally did good cop bad cop and it didn't do anything because you have the episode you have the scenes twice where they go in the mosque and they show that Muslims are used to surveillance and then you don't actually land anywhere because the people who wrote this and directed it don't want to actually make any waves because they work for Disney. And I do not feel uncomfortable saying that whatsoever. I understand that you have to get your paycheck, but at the same time, don't tell a story if you're not gonna tell it 100%, because it's just ridiculous to pretend like that's not what we're actually dealing with on a regular at the most shit, which is why the mosque scenes were the best ones where the women are like, we wanna be able to see the Imam and all of that. Cause that is what happens in a lot of mosques. There is a side entrance and it does get really stifling in the women's section because for whatever reason, people think that when the prophet said there should be a division between men and women in the mosque, that it should have been that way, which is terrible and problematic and a whole, you know, essay episode for another day. But we lose those beautiful moments that made me go, oh, this is so great. Or like, oh, this is so real. Or, oh, this is such an auntie moment. You know, the beautiful pictures and the music and all these little touches that were really great get lost because of the clandestines and this larger plot mm-hmm. of, at the very end of the episodes, I don't really feel like I got anything out of watching those six episodes beyond, you know, recording this episode of the podcast and being able to talk about the fact that I watched it. I don't feel like, okay, I want to go back and like rewatch. I don't feel that I care about what's actually going to happen in the movie. Although, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to want to see all those scenes from it for whatever Iman is in, but I just, she was so excited and there was so much joy when she first got cast that 
I don't know if that joy really exists within the context of the show itself. I don't know if that makes sense. Again, for me, going going back to damage control, if you had focused on them as the villains, like there's a lot of little moments in there, like when they just barge straight into the mm-hmm. masjid and walk all over with their shoes on. Mm-hmm. That is something a Muslim audience is immediately going to just be like cringing at. I mean, that's when right. you're like, okay, there's some writers here who are in the know. It's the little things like that that like build up to them just being absolute awful. Mm-hmm. And we could have focused more on those. But, you know, I, I do want to go to what else worked for me. I loved and I love that this show made the decision to break away from so much other comics continuity of superheroes are secret and, oh, and yeah. their families <laughs> can never know. And, you know, even in the comics, it takes a while before her family knows what she's up to. But they're supportive. And I love that they just decided, and you're like, you know what? This this is our daughter. She is amazing. She has these powers. She's choosing to help people with them. What better way could we have raised her than for her to get superpowers and immediately be like, how can I help people? Yes. Which I do love that they kept certain touches from the comics with the imam, you know, saying, do uh, what is it being good is not or good is not what you are it's what you do mm-hmm. I love that they kept that and that you know they did keep a lot of really key moments and so I don't think that it was a failure a hundred percent or anything like that I just think that within the larger tv show universe of Disney's Disney plus you know universe of comics because now we have we have you know all these characters coming back from when they used to be on Netflix so that's a whole other business shenanigans story they are trying to develop a very specific universe and bridge the gap between we can't put out 73 movies a year. And so we're going to have these TV shows to tell these smaller but impactful stories. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating because, again, with six episodes, like just give them the eight episodes and then also be a little bit more thoughtful of who gets the writing credits for which episode. Like episode three, the Jin episode should not have been written by some white people. I don't understand. I understand that the showrunner has the final say, but like it's stuff like that where if you follow anyone in tv and pay attention to how tv is made you know that that didn't need to be the case and so i think stuff like that really got in my craw because again in those positive moments that i really did enjoy and laughed about and remember texting my friends about especially the haram halal hats <laughs> i had three separate people text me to be like we should get that for you and i was like okay again, you guys when they're focusing hats. on jersey city and they're focusing on yeah. Kamala and her family and her friends this show is amazing it is yeah. heartwarming it is full of heart it is warm it is comforting i'm just like i could watch jersey city kamala for a 100 episodes and be happy so i think for us it's going back to our biggest gripe is we don't know why the clandestine got hammed in not no bueno not a good call basically ruined what could have been a very good comfort show if the story is going to be about partition, then just make the story about partition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels like it's two separate shows. So it's it's the Kamala is going to become a superhero and come into her own and figure out what that means for her because she's a little baby who we love and like legitimately like a teenager, right? Um, and then we have surprise, your great grandmother had superpowers, but not actual because it was about a bangle. They gave her 
and maybe we you guys are both that mutated. Gave her the powers. <laughs> right, right. And then now, you know, you are gonna go back in time. And again, like that that episode with the train and just everyone in the crowd, it's not a hundred percent accurate to how things were happening, but it evokes the same feelings. And it reminded me a little bit of how the Doctor Who episode did their partition episode two series ago maybe the first series time is fake right who knows it doesn't really matter the point is they did it and it was great we talked about it in the previous that's wrong episode and so there was definitely there was clearly thought put into it it's not like the people were sitting in the writer's room and I don't want to ever I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to say that they didn't think about any of this at all it's just frustrating to know that there were options and then the options that were picked were not necessarily the ones that I, Corey, and a lot of other audience members might have picked. And it's disheartening because then you can see, like, you can see the gems of beauty and wonderfulness just being covered by, like, really bad decision-making in the context of larger plot decisions. And then again, you know, because it's really about her family. It's really about, okay, so, like, mom came to America with husband. And so grandma thinks that, you know, Kamala's nani thinks that, you know, her daughter ran away and her daughter thinks that her mother this whole time has been, you know, lying to her about like magical powers, but really grandma did have magic powers. And then also we don't talk about partition because every single South Asian family has a partition story, including mine. You know, my grandfather was born like literally three years before question. Time is really hard and I don't know how to do math, but the point is like literally all of us South Asians have a partition story that are from, you know, the Indian subcontinent, I should say. And so to see that reflected in our media is a huge deal because it's a story that so many people, A, don't want to admit in some cases, and two, even if they admit it, don't want to think about it. So I, I keep coming back to that because I think really what the show was trying to do and maybe if they had been given those two other episodes, they would have had a chance to further get to that point it's telling the story of Kamala as a teenager coming into her powers and having that terrifying moment of what is wrong with my body especially because we're teenagers right everyone remembers being a teenager there's a there's zero teenagers on this planet who did not have one moment in their life where they look at a mirror and they go I hate everything and so it's real for her to be like how do I wear this costume I'm going to cover my hips and I don't feel you know comfortable because Zoe is beautiful and wonderful and thin and everything that you know I'm told I'm supposed to be and now I have powers in my body stretching and doing weird things. And so there's that whole aspect, which is wonderful and done pretty well. And then the partition stuff and then the family stuff and then tying it all together. What should have tied it together doesn't exist because the clandestine story just snaps it up in the middle. Um, and even her relationship building with Kareem and Kamran, like, what does it mean for her as the Muslim girl who does not date or be able to hang out with? with boys or even really with her girlfriends unless her parents give her permission compared to an older brother who really does get to do whatever he wants because he's like the perfect little Muslim man which by the way he is such an uncle the whole time he talked I was just like oh my god please stop <laughs> he's such an uncle and so those things I'm kind of rambling now but those things were all really interesting and so had that been tied together a little bit stronger I think this really would have been one of the best Disney Plus you know, Marvel Universe shows that they put out, but instead it just feels like three separate plot points held together by just like stretchy rubber, for the lack of a better phrase, um, but not something that's like concise, if that makes sense. You good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I did want to touch on some other, like maybe not necessarily Muslim specific aspects, but parts I liked how they 
incorporated, like Zoe and her social media. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when she's like, yeah, I've been a total B word and I want to help. And you see how she winds up like they give this an idea of like, how can you harness social media, which can cause so much discord and divisiveness? Like, how can we harness this for something good? And she just basically live streams all of damage control shooting at a bunch of high school kids. Right. And the community comes down, rallies around them. I thought I love the part where they put themselves between Kamala and damage control. I, you know, that's, that's very much for me, comics of like Jersey city is very much claims Miss Marvel as their own. Like she is their hero. They've got, she's got their back. They've got hers. I loved how they got to that moment. Um, I loved the auntie who had her own little social media. (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. (laughs) So auntie, even if I didn't know her name, I couldn't tell you it's secret, you know, Um, (laughs) I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. But I I just love, I loved the little touches like this. And again, it goes back to the things they got right. They got really, really, really right. You know, the auntie sitting at Eve. (laughs) Which is why it's so frustrating. And yeah, her brother is very much an uncle, like a very dorky uncle, you know, when he is at the school, like, but he he is team Kamala. Like, you know, when she's in trouble, who shows up? Her brother. Right. Right. It's really realistic. And I, when he was reading the idol kursi over her, when she passes out, I had to pause because I could not stop laughing at just the, it's just so real. And so that's what, again, just echoing what you said, there are moments where if you were Muslim and or South Asian or just at all connected in any capacity to this type of cultural experience, you felt it in your bones when these moments happened. And of course, people on the internet who don't know better would say really weird things like, oh, Kamala's parents are abusive. And I'm just like, all of you, please be quiet. Because the show was really grappling with what is it like to be a South Asian kid in high school in America and the immigrant mm-hmm. story and dealing with what it means to find a mosque, right? When my mom and dad moved to the state that I was born in, there was not any other Bangladeshi Muslims around. They had nobody. And when my mom, when we moved to Texas, the same thing, it only was a few or three or four years later that we really started seeing a lot more people moving to the North Texas area. And now there's four halal, you know, grocery stores within a 15 minute drive of me. And so that experience of her mom saying, you know, I found my mosque, I found my people, I found my family was really, really emotional and really well done. And I just really what I want to show or really what I wanted the show to give me was just more of that. I, I would have eaten up six episodes of just then hanging out at the house and being really hilarious and uncle like his his Hulk and the whole costume that mom made in like a day, which, okay, AvengerCon, I cannot, I cannot deal with that. But just they truly love her and they want the best for her, but they don't necessarily understand her because they don't speak the same language. And but so when they crying, do- crying, I think is exactly. what a lot of people are missing. Like her mm-hmm. parent making that Hulk costume, painting themselves green, like they are- honestly trying it's just they're coming at it from slightly different angles mm-hmm. and, and then, when then they, they do on the same wavelength by the end exactly maybe just when they go when she has to go to Pakistan just that experience of her cousins and them not letting her into that <laughs> because she's wearing jeans oh my god 
and the other auntie coming up and being like oh your mom was a rebel and the revelation of oh okay my mom actually has this whole you know life backstory that I've never been able to see or wasn't yeah, parents shown. are people too essentially exactly <laughs> exactly exactly and the whole just through light of the Bon Jovi and the music love is delightful it's like when my dad I was helping him clean out something and I found the flipping cassette tape version of Green Day's Dookie. My my father does not listen to any American music now, but I pulled that out and I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, oh yeah, I used to listen to them a lot. They were good. And I was just like, you have a cassette tape of Green Day. Who is this person? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's stuff like that that just is very honest, which I really mm. appreciated. And I can totally rewatch those scenes, you know, it'll be fine. Get me a haram and halal hat. I will totally wear it over my hijab. But I just wish that when you have such a wonderful cast, especially the folks for the clandestines, they'd been given more than just, we are going to kill this teenage girl because we think it's going to get us home. And then anyway so I do have just a plot question related around that. What is the whole point of all this if we don't even get an answer of what that's all about? Like, again like maybe (laughs) maybe we get an answer in the marvels but the marvels is assuming that everybody that goes into this movie has somehow seen miss marvel which is a terrible assumption to make i'm just you i am team cut out the clandestine they didn't do anything for me but we've already talked about that at length i do want to touch base on at the very end when bruno's with her and he's just like it's like your genes are mutated. They got the instant music. Yeah, that just this little instrumental whisper <laughs> off. And I'm just like, eh, eh, because to me, I've said I get why they had to make her an inhuman. Kamala, to me, I've always thought she should have been a mutant. She is a natural because the mutants have always been a stand-in for the other. Hey, of course. Kamala is Kamala making her mutant is just a natural extension of her Kamalaness. I mean, half of her team she hangs around with are mutants. So I'm just, I get, I get, I know why, because of business shenanigans when she was made, I get why she had to be an inhuman. However, do I think that Kevin Feige may be taking this chance to rectify that in the MCU? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful he is. And I think it would be really heckin' rad for Kamala to be the audience stand in as, what are mutants? Are mutants coming to the fore now? Is this how mutants come into the MCU? Is she ground zero for that? <clears throat> Your voice. Yeah, and, um, I mean, it's interesting, too, because of the, in the original comics when she was an Inhuman and watching the Miss Marvel Rising animation, those it's fun to see her as Inhuman then because she's hanging out with that big dog and, like, living her best life. But, yeah, I think now with what we're stuck with because the live-action Inhumans just tanked so hard, you need to just let her be a mutant. But then why would you just make her a mutant in the first episode? Ugh, it's fine, it's fine. But also, no, but if, if that's she the case... Is, if she is the backdoor, like, if she is... This is our entry point into exploring the X-Men and mutants. It makes right. sense that they wouldn't know where she's getting her powers. Right. But because, again, like, the X-Men and mutants have not existed in the mcu so you have to start somewhere and if they're trusting that to a muslim teenage superhero i am all freaking for that like heckin yeah sign me up my only thing is 
this is the reverse of everyone is expected to have watched this to watch the movie like vice versa a lot of people aren't gonna watch the movie or the show and then they might just pop back in later and not know what's going on and it just really doesn't really matter because a bazillion and when people watch these movies like like let's be real this for me it's like her being the focal <laughs> center point right. of us learning like she's the audience eyes into which means she's going to be the center of attention for a lot of this that's right. what assuming i'm that that's the case right that's assuming that's the case the potential for it is where i'm excited right alternatively what we're going to get is fantastic four again chaos and just like shenanigans and and the x-men because tv show they're making the sequel to the original comics show which is or, wow the original 90s animated show there we go that's what i meant to say so that's super cool so there's a lot of room for where this might go it's just hard to know because well the mcu is the mcu but i do think that you know if a mom gets to stick around i think there's a lot of room for them to do more like animated shorts and do a lot of different tie-ins and just keep that part of the universe going and then of course the little you know two minute not even like a minute post credit with <laughs> with brie larson's uh captain to marvel be fair that had me rolling of just like just, captain yeah. marvel shows up in essentially a teen girl's room who is clearly infatuated with her and she's just like oh no yeah like where I really- am i how am i I, but I really, really just wish she could have been running out of the room and boom, there's Kamala's mom and they're just staring at each other before things start flying. Right, right, right. Because do we know how the Marvel's movies start supposed to like start no, off? Like where it don't. is in the timeline? Okay. We have no idea. We just know that uh, Monica Everybody Rambo, and their mother's in it. <laughs> well, not everybody and their mother. It's, it is largely a cast of color outside of Free Larson, which I am excited for. Right. Um, you know, the director. Uh, oh, I just had her name. Nia. She, the latest Candyman. The, the 2021. Question? Yes, the 2021 Candyman. Give me just a second. I will have this for you. Nia DaCosta. Okay. Teamwork. We did it. Yes. So she. She's also the youngest filmmaker to ever direct a Marvel film. Uh, she beat Ryan Coogler's <laughs> record from for Black Panther. But I think, you know, that's amazing to see that they're they are in their own way, really trying to attempt to per- push having more diverse voices in there again with right. the, the Marvels with Echo. Um, for me, this is an unpopular opinion. I really wish if we're going to introduce the mutants, I hope they ride that train with Kamala all the way and we can just sidestep. And I know this is going to be sacrilege for a bunch of fan people out there. Just sidestep Wolverine and Scott and Jean and make it so they're not hogging up all the oxygen in the room anytime you try to tell a story about mutants. Go straight to, hey, Echo does have the Phoenix Force. It's a comic thing. I'm not going to expect Sahara to <laughs> understand this. No, that's follow with me. But just, yeah, you know, yeah. just <laughs> cut out so much baggage and explore new stories. You know, Echo has actually... the Phoenix Force in the comics. It's fairly recent. She's been amazing with it. Uh, Rowan Horse had an amazing limited run series of just linking like 
her family lineage has hosted the Phoenix Force before, and they're the only people on Earth that have been able to host it in a way that it hasn't driven either of them insane with power. And it was a peaceful coexistence that both of them benefited from. Like, tell me those stories with this new mutant push. Not the New Mutants movie, but the, you know what I mean. Don't no, yes, don't do New Mutants. Don't do New Mutants. That needs to stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. And I was going to say, I actually think a lot more people would actually do agree with you. Um, especially because I think, you know, like, okay, Fantastic Four, what, what is this? The fourth attempt now? The third attempt? Uh, I don't even know. It's the, just been... A- they did the first two movies. They tried doing the one... Now they're on another round of it. I'm like, here's the thing. I get that there's like this solid little core that will always be Fantastic Four people, but they're like siloed off within larger comics. And I don't understand why keep why people keep beating this Fantastic Force, you know, and to quote Mean Girls, to paraphrase, <laughs> stop trying to make Fantastic Four happen in movies. It's it's they just don't translate well. Reed Richards is a giant (laughs) dick bag. Most people don't want to go watch a movie where the lead is either written as super boring to cut out the fact that he's a giant raging dick bag or have to root for a giant raging dick bag. And not the fun kind of giant raging dick bag, just a dick. Right, right. He's just an abusive jerk face. Yeah, and, and, and who knows, right? Because timing-wise, like the stages of all they, the the stages, the phases. What do we call them in this in this universe? I think it's phase. Yeah, phase five hundred sixty-three. God, hope well, we'll be dead by that point. But uh, <laughs> we're doing Fantastic Four, and then we're doing the Kang Dynasty, and then we're doing the Secret Wars, and so by the time we finally get around to actually doing X Men, like. Who knows what they're going to want to have in 2027, probably. So it will be really interesting to see if Amon gets to come back around at that point, because she'll be, what, like, 27? I don't even know how old this actress is. But she's she's young, is my point. So it'll be interesting to see if, like, she will also get to grow with her character, mm-hmm. and if her character gets to keep that perspective. But whatever they do, I agree that the, the lens into the X-Men in... Disney owning the whole dang world should be people who don't usually get to be the lines because at the end of the day like I don't really care about I mean I do care about these characters but really we don't need another we do not need a 14th Wolverine movie or whatever we don't need to have another like Jean Grey is losing her powers and everything is terrible and I don't care just let us do something new there are so many stories to tell from the comics why are we picking the same six and again issues like I know that there's going to be legions of fan people trying to be like well, you can't just take these lower tier characters and expect to overnight. I'm like, okay. Whatever we want. This isn't real. <laughs> Iron Man was like maybe B tier, normally C tier. Avengers were, okay. When the MCU started, X-Men right. were, pardon my language, they were the king shit. They were A tier yeah. all the way. Captain America, B tier. Iron Man, between C and B tier. Like they were not the A-list characters it's who, been x-men for, for back then <laughs> freaking ever okay and marvel was like well we can't use x-men so we've got to try to take some of the lower tier characters and build them up and now everybody's obsessed with iron man it doesn't matter you can build it build it well and they will come as long as they're not racist little bigots and in that get case, off my lawn <laughs> But actually, though, it's just like, 
like these movies are never going to be wonderful, beautiful, perfect things. That's not even what we want. We just want them to be fun and interesting. Like I'm mm-hmm. so bored. I have seen a total of three or four movies max. So I know that I'm not even like the right audience for them. And no one at Disney cares what I think. But that's not really the point. The point is that if we're going to have these cool characters like Kamala and Echo and everyone else that they have decided to give TV shows, they'll let them actually have more than just a TV show. Let them actually breathe and live and grow because if they're going to spend all that money anyway, at least spend it on something that's meaningful. That's how and I feel about it. Like they're going to do whatever they new, want. And it's right. not repetition ad nauseum. Right. And if we, I mean, they're doing Ironheart. So they're clearly building up towards this like younger batch of folks and then, you know, putting them against and or alongside the younger group of X-Men characters. And so how that might develop in, you know, by 2030, there's going to be like this epic like crossover movie, I'm sure. And it'll just be this chaotic thing and it's going to make five quintillion dollars or whatever. But if we're going to do that, then make it fun. Like make it interesting, make it entertaining, make it be that fun like crossover. Like everyone after the Avengers movie was like, yeah, like we're going to write about all the fanfic where everyone's living in the tower and then the movie came out and it's like, then these people are actually friends. Like I don't watch movies about a bunch of superheroes who only hang out with each other because they're forced to and the world is ending. Like give us people who enjoy spending time together and actually want to do stuff and like go each shawarma not only when they finished destroying every property within like a one mile radius in New York. Right. So just give us more. And I think that's what Miss Marvel had the capacity to do and didn't partly again, because of the COVID changes and all of that. But even so from the get go, the original plot clearly was not really aiming towards what we as a general audience that Corey and I are speaking for those who are like-minded wanted to see. And I know it's not just us because I've had conversations with people who I'm not even friends with. So it's not just me and my friends. Like there are other people on the internet who agree with this and other people in just the world. And so of the small group of people who did watch this, there are enough of us who are like, there are things that could have been done. And then I think just bringing it really quickly back to the Muslim aspect of it for a second, I do think there's something to be said about how understandably all marginalized communities want to see things done well. And so when they're not done well, we sometimes to the general we can over criticize but I want to really stress that I don't think that criticisms of Miss Marvel are that I do think that there is a really strong understanding by those who watch the movie the movie sorry watch the tv show and read the comics or at least know enough about the comics to comment on all of this that there was a lot of really great rich plot that was lost because of the clandestines and what I think this also speaks to is this larger issue with MCU more broadly, where a lot of times the stories that get picked to be showcased aren't really the ones that would tell the best story or make the mm-hmm. most impact. And so I'm really hoping that that doesn't happen with Echo. And I mean, I think it'd be really cool if we got the Phoenix like that. OK, let's do it. Let's just have all these random characters, random in the context of what the fan folks who are cranky might say. Right. But having those characters take up the mantle and and be our new segue into mutants it's also really fun because then you don't have to have the constant conversation of like well we're just doing the x-men again the same way that we've done it like every x-men like series has been the same plot we haven't done anything new so either go back way in time and have magneto be really cool and actually be right (laughs) because magneto was right or like, you know, do something that's fun and interesting so you can introduce new audiences to the comics. Because that's the other part of this. All of the people who've been around for comics their whole lives and are like in their 30s and 40s are going to watch this stuff. But little kids who only have the kids shows, they don't like for them, this whole larger discussion is not really a thing. So let them enjoy stuff so that if from a business standpoint, you want people stuck with you until they're dead 
give them something to care about. Like no five-year-old cares about like what's happening. They just want to see some people beat each other up and like pew pew, right? So like give them something that's fun and give like a new lens into like characters with superpowers. That's really what would be interesting, I think, in my personal opinion anyways. And again, it's like going back to certain stories are just rehashed and we... You know, this is something Dan and I talk about on the Fundamentals Discord, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, you should <clears throat> plug. Mm-hmm. We constantly talk about how tired we are of the fire chicken's obsession with the Ginger Gray family. And what a chicken. breath of fresh air. The fire chicken is the Phoenix Force. What oh, a breath that. of fresh Sorry. air the Phoenix Force with Echo has been. She has a natural built-in adversary, literally called the adversary, also indigenous based the primordial chaos being just wants to end the universe the phoenix the primordial creation being of the universe they are literally perfect rivals for each other it's right it is so good like when rebecca roanhorse brought the adversary in i was slapping myself on the head like why did i not think of this this so perfect yes echo can still be street level shenanigans and you know learning to deal with the fire force and learning how to be a hero and everything but fire force phoenix force and learning how to be a hero i call the phoenix force the fire chicken way too often um learning (laughs) how to be a hero we can still see her in small scale shenanigans it's just when the adversary shows up it's like okay it's go time like there's so much room to use echo to show you know, the small scale Daredevil, Electra, Jessica Jones, She-Hulk, and then use her as a perfect translation to boom, she has to go jump on a cosmic thing. There's so many opportunities. It's like, I'm really excited about this just because it is like my personal background. And if I get a Miss Marvel version of Echo, I'm going to be so sad. I'm I will be also so be really sad. sad. Like I will we be painting just clown makeup on my face and crying into like a bowl of ice cream that's also got runny clown makeup on it um well, you describing a meme is really funny you don't even own makeup secondly can you <laughs> tell me more about why the adversary wants to take the whole world out because it's a literally it's a primordial chaos being oh. it just so, like, wants chaos okay and the indigenous background part you said so okay so the adversary it's like this really ancient kind of mystical entity Mm-hmm. We don't really know what its nature is. It could be demo- demonic, could just be chaos. Space-powered. Wants to destroy <laughs> the universe, wants to create a new one in its stead that's just pure whatever. Mm-hmm. In Marvel canon, the Cheyenne tribe refer to the adversary as the great trickster. So if you oh, know anything cool. yeah, about... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the adversary used deception and trickery and chaos trying to do whatever it wanted and at the time a cheyenne shaman uh named Nats- nas it, it i'm trying to really simplify this because it spins off into the x-men character forge and we don't have time for that anyways there's a cheyenne shaman character who clashed with the adversary repeatedly um Basically, it the shaman tried to contain the adversary within himself. Gotcha. And eventually the adversary 
took over, like okay. couldn't completely control it. It was an effort to try and stop the adversary. So eventually the adversary takes control, gets back into our dimension. It's again, trying to wreck all this havoc. Oh, look, look who has the Phoenix force who also has a long tribal history with the Phoenix force. Mm-hmm. it's like it's literally perfect and you have this added component of you know maya could be trying to free that shaman so his soul could be at rest even right I mean, there's so many again this is like a extremely crammed explanation of this because otherwise it would take me half an hour and we're almost out of time no, no, no. Well, I wanted the explanation for folks so that they would know what you were saying at the basic level so they could go look at it. But also because I wanted to emphasize that it's it's stuff like this that doesn't get to happen in the MCU mm-hmm. because of the business focus. And I and hey, as someone who literally watches every episode of Shark Tank, I fully understand capitalism, y'all. But what I'm trying to say is if there was just a little bit more room for true imagination, there would be more people watching these things like me. You would actually get me to watch more of these movies and TV shows as someone who does not want to watch any of them. And then two, just really explore stories in a fun way that brings more people who don't like comics at all into the universe, which I think would be a much better use of everyone's time, but whatever. No one pays I mean, me You see opinions. so many people who are tired of the Phoenix Force because it's literally the fire chicken obsessed with the ginger family. Again and Why? again and again. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Give us, you know, and there's people that are reading about the Phoenix Force again because they got away from the freaking Gray family and tried right. something new. It's the same thing with the MCU. If you keep giving us these, especially white male heroes, again Mm -hmm. and again and again, it gets really old. And it's why we're frustrated with Miss Marvel because it had so much potential. And you could see when they were firing on all cylinders, it was amazing. And then there's just this giant cockroach in a bowl of really good soup. Oh, why did you have to do that? I hate roaches. Gross. Oh, that's how much I hate the clandestine plot. Oh, I just shuddered. Anyways, on that note, I think we've pretty much talked about everything that we wanted to talk about, including how much Sahara hates those damn bugs. Um, Next time, we're going to talk more about the comics, just more broadly, and I'm going to let Corey go buck wild about this because i have read maybe like seven pages of the miss marvel comics because i'm not a real fan whoops and i'm really excited to see how that conversation will go because then i can also let Corey talk more about the fine chicken which is the best name ever and what i will continue to call this uh entity for the rest of my life because what else can you call the phoenix that won't be that won't stop being obsessed but again i do think that the show just end on a positive note has a lot of great moments Again, the really specific cultural moments are great. We've talked about this before in the context of representation, right? The more specific you get, the better the representation actually is. So I do appreciate that someone in that group got to that point. However, hoping, 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 hoping that Echo and future shows do a little bit better in the context of adapting these larger plot points and or changing them in response to whatever needs in a way that makes more sense for the characters. Because again, this now means that Iman in the future has to play Miss Marvel as someone who is dealing with all of this like weird backstory that was given to her. Unless, you know, in five years they decide to retcon it because the MCU does whatever it wants. 
So I hope this was informative. And also those of you who've been listening to us for a long time, we are glad that you are still listening to us and still care about what we have to say and hope you guys get something out of this episode. It was really nice to come back and talk about things. I have not spoken to Corey in five quintillion years, and it was just nice to just sit back and have a good episode of That Star Mom. As you know, we have so many other cool podcasts whose names I'm going to forget. So Corey, you should list them off. And we have a Discord. So come hang out with us. We are really friendly and like to talk about all sorts of things. Okay, so for those podcasts, we have our every Friday except for like the next two weeks, depending on when I get this episode of That's Haram up, uh, is <laughs> Forge Academy. It is a weekly TTRPG uh, live cast. Definitely recommend you guys check that out. They're just a lot of fun. They're really good people. Um, we also have, obviously, That's Haram. We have Ladies First, which has also been on Hey It Is because, again, I am a working professional and 2022 has been a year. And there's these things called new product launches, which means I never sleep. <clears throat> but that will be coming back again later <laughs> at towards yeah. the end of 22 uh 22 as well we have beneath the screen of the ultra critics and oh we should have written a list down i feel like i'm forgetting some they know where they find they can find the yeah, rest of they them they can find them on you just go look at the fandomentals.com there's a place in the menu called podcast you can find all of them so check those out if you are so inclined thank you for tuning in after our first episode of that's haram in 50 quintillion years uh, don't forget to check out <laughs> the rest of our episodes that will be coming out this year um as the hair said we are going to be talking about the comics version of kamala khan in greater depth and don't forget we are gonna do the grand 13th doctor roundup after that final episode ends because we got to talk about Yaz. <laughs> we got to talk about Yaz. And if there's Muslim media slash character slash just general stuff you want us to talk about that we have missed because both of us don't sleep because we're too busy working, please let us know. You know where to find me on Twitter. Just around and fan, just tag the fundamentals. We are always up to talk about yeah. more things. Or come on so. to our Discord. You can find our Discord on our site. Always happy to have new people. Uh, we don't bite unless you're a Trumper, in which case you probably shouldn't come anyway. I don't think you're going to be happy, but I don't think always... that if you are, you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. that's a choice. You know, maybe, maybe you're trying to ease away from that, in which case, come on down. We're happy to talk to you, but check out our uh, fundamentals uh, community discord. We have a lot of fun in there. We talk about all sorts of media. Um, I know we're House just as the- punchy there as we are on this episode today. <laughs> we are in true form. Yeah, so we have a lot of fun with that. We talk about a lot of the Marvel shows as well, if that's your thing. So come visit. Thank you. We will talk to you again when we talk to you, when both of us get a chance to sleep. (laughs) Assalamualaikum, everyone. Have a wonderful whatever time of the day that it is that you're listening to this. When this episode is actually available, we will talk to you when we talk to you.